RTHK, the news at 11 o'clock with Andrew Shirovsky. The hospital authority suspends work at 16 operating theaters over lighting lighting unit safety concerns. Children and parents improvise as they happily do without their usual lunchboxes. And members of the Hong Kong rescue team sent to Turkey thank their mainland counterparts for their guidance and assistance. The hospital authority has suspended the use of 16 operating theaters across public hospitals after screws were found to have come loose on their surgical lights. Comprehensive checks were carried out on all lighting units made by the Swedish company Gettinger after one fell from the ceiling of an operating theater in United Christian Hospital on Saturday, injuring an assistant anesthetist. The HA said 16 of the 50 lighting units were found to have potential risks, forcing it to temporarily shut down the affected theaters and reschedule some surgeries. Medical sector lawmaker David Lamb says it's unusual for a surgical light to fall and a full investigation is needed. We understand that the last checking was done in December last year, so it's only two months apart. So we would expect a very safe and stable structure up there two months after a normal checking. So we must investigate into that particular checking. What went wrong during the checking? Was it done according to the protocol? Or was there any breach of the protocol? Or have the personnel been fully trained for their job when they check the OT light? So these are areas that we have to investigate. The suspension of lunchbox services by one of Hong Kong's main suppliers, Luncheon Star, may be causing headaches for schools and parents, but most children seem unconcerned. In fact, some are happy and excited. This primary six student said his school in Tinsui Wai has allowed older students to leave the campus for lunch. I'm so excited and happy. The school lunch tastes so bad. Even if the food outside is just average, it's still better. But most parents aren't thrilled about the shutdown of Lunch and Star today and tomorrow, so it can thoroughly clean its production lines. That was after one school reported suspected food poisoning cases among students who ate lunches from the Café de Coral subsidiary. This mother told RTHK the school lunch scare had raised a number of issues. Other schools using the same providers are reporting cold, hard food that is not well cooked. There are even cases of hospitalization. I'm worried. We'll see if the school can choose some good food providers. The vice chairman of the Hong Kong Federation of Education Workers, Tang Fei, says it's difficult to make contingency plans in instances of school lunch suppliers suddenly stopping their services. He told an RTHK program he's not not aware of any previous halt in the distribution of meals. In fact, if such food safety incidents happen, there are really just two options available. Schools can order meals from nearby restaurants or ask other major lunchbox suppliers to help. Can other suppliers intervene immediately? I haven't heard of such arrangements before, but I believe they are able to do so, especially the major ones. I think it wouldn't be too difficult for them to add a few more schools. Members of Hong Kong's search and rescue team say they're honored to have completed their nine-day operation to help victims of the devastating earthquakes in Turkey, despite challenges such as the cold weather and language barriers. The 59-strong team returned from their first-ever international rescue mission on Friday night. Deputy, Deputy Chief Fire Officer Yu Menyang said the group had learned a lot from the Beijing rescue team that they worked with. The rescue operation posed a great challenge to our team. 
both physically and mentally. As this was the first time carrying out operation outside Hong Kong under different weather conditions and language barriers. But we are extremely grateful and fortunate to receive advice from the experienced China team on the application of technology, strategic planning, as well as operation techniques. And taking a look at the weather, mainly fine and dry with a minimum temperature of about 17 degrees in town, a few degrees lower in the new territories. And a high of about 20, 20 degrees tomorrow with moderate easterly winds strengthening tonight. The outlook, mainly fine and dry with cool mornings in the next few days. The temperature difference between day and night will be quite large. Currently at the observatory, it is 19 degrees Celsius with the relative humidity standing at 75%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is now five minutes past 11. China has accused the United States of spreading false information by suggesting Beijing is considering providing lethal support to Moscow in its war in Ukraine. Foreign Ministry spokesman Wang Wenbin dismissed comments made by the U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and says it was Washington, not Beijing, that's shipping weapons to the battlefield. The war of words comes as China's top diplomat, Wang Yi, is due in Moscow, with Russian media reporting he's traveling there for talks on a possible peace plan for Ukraine. Priscilla Ng reports. Russia's Commerscent newspaper reports that the main purpose of Wang Yi's trip is to increase the role of Beijing in a possible peace settlement. Earlier, Mr. Wang had reiterated a call for dialogue and suggested European countries think calmly about how to end the war. He also said there were some forces that seemingly don't want negotiations to succeed or for the war to end soon, without specifying who he was referring to. But the United States has accused Beijing of considering arming Russia in its military offensive against Ukraine. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, who's visiting the Turkish city of Ankara, said Beijing understands what's at risk if it were to provide material support to Moscow. The U.S., he added, hopes and expects China will avoid going down that road. President Biden is paying a surprise visit to the Ukrainian capital, Kiev, just days before the first anniversary of the start of the war with Russia. He and President Zelensky have visited a memorial to soldiers who've died in the nine years since Russia annexed Crimea and instigated the conflict in eastern Ukraine. Speaking along President Zelensky at a press conference, Mr. Biden expressed his support for Ukraine. That dark night... One year ago, the world was literally at the time bracing for the fall of Kiev. Seems like a lot longer ago than a year, but think back to that year. Perhaps even the end of Ukraine. You know, one year later, Kiev stands. And Ukraine stands. Democracy stands. The Americans stand with you, and the world stands with you. Kiev has captured a part of my heart, I must say. Mr. Biden said when President Putin began the full-scale assault last year, he thought Ukraine was weak and the West was divided. The American leader said Mr. Putin was dead wrong to think he could outlast Ukraine and its allies. Volodymyr Zelensky has welcomed the visit, calling it an extremely important sign of support for all Ukrainians. Meanwhile, President Zelensky says the Ukrainian military is inflicting heavy losses on Russian forces in the eastern Donbass region. Ukraine has been fighting to hold back a Russian offensive in the Donbass while it waits for the new weapons promised by Western countries. Here's President Zelensky. 
The situation is very difficult. We're fighting. We're breaking the invader and inflicting extraordinarily significant losses on Russia. I repeat again and again, the more losses Russia suffers there in Donbass, the sooner we can end this war with Ukraine's victory. South Korea and Japan have condemned North Korea after it fired two ballistic missiles into the sea off its east coast. Pyongyang said the missiles were capable of carrying nuclear weapons. Japan called the launches an unacceptable threat to its security and has called for an emergency meeting of the United Nations Security Council. From Seoul, here's Chad O'Carroll, founder of the Korea Risk Group. We've basically seen a, a, a rapid tit-for-tat escalation once again on the peninsula. So the new part of this is that Kim Jong-un is just testing out his soldiers' ability to get these massive missiles into the air on the same day as, as a random order is provided. So they're basically trying to match the U.S. and South Korean shows of power with their own show, shows of power, indeed missiles that can reach both the United States and South Korea. The Israeli parliament is due to hold a first reading of a judicial reform bill promoted by the far-right-backed government that's led to massive protests across the country. The BBC's Lapika Pelham reports. Thousands of demonstrators across Israel have taken to the streets to protest against the judicial reform bill, which, if passed, would curb the Supreme Court's power and give the government more say over judicial appointments. Protesters blocked major highways and interchanges, including the road near Ben-Gurion Airport. Parents and children marched through Tel Aviv, waving Israeli flags and chanting democracy. The Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, who denies corruption charges, has accused opposition leaders of pushing the country towards anarchy. The Indian Ocean island nation of Mauritius has grounded flights as Cyclone Freddy approaches. The BBC's Shingai Nayoka has this report. After churning in the Indian Ocean for the past week with winds of up to 300 kilometers an hour, Cyclone Freddy is now headed for Madagascar. The country has warned of potential damage from heavy rains, strong winds and storm surges. Reports suggest that the cyclone could affect nations along the coast from Tanzania to South Africa. Flights in and out of neighboring Mauritius have been cancelled. Mozambique's President Nusi expressed optimism at his country's track record in dealing with the effects of heavy rains and cyclones. Further inland, Zimbabwe has activated its disaster response. Officials in Papua New Guinea say several foreign citizens, including an Australian academic, have been taken hostage in the Pacific nation's highlands area. The professor of archaeology had been on a field trip accompanied by students from a local university. The Prime Minister of Papua New Guinea, James Marape, told reporters the military was on standby and his government was working with missionaries who were acting as mediators to secure the hostages' release. I just want to inform the families of those who are taken hostage that we have been at work. The contact made with uh, people in the bush through uh, secondary sources. We're treating this very, very diligently and carefully because lives are at risk and life is at stake. A vast trove of Cambodia's Angkorian crown jewelry, some dating back to the 7th century, has been flown back to Phnom Penh after it, resur after it surfaced in London. Here's the BBC's Celia Hatton. Many of the items that were found in a looted collection of Cambodian jewellery can be matched to stone carvings on the walls of the Angkor Wat Temple Complex, a UNESCO World Heritage Site that dates to the 12th century. 
The stolen items belonged to a known antiquities smuggler, a British man named Douglas Latchford, who died in 2020. The items were returned to Cambodia by Mr. Latchford's family. Experts say they've never seen most of the jewellery before and are stunned by its existence. The collection is due to go on display in Cambodia's National Museum later this year. The German anti-war film All Quiet on the Western Front has won seven prizes at the annual British Academy Film Awards, including Best Director and Best Film. Accepting the award, the producer Malt Gunert said the film's message remained relevant almost a century after the original book was published. All Quiet on the Western Front tells a story of young men poisoned by right-wing political nationalist propaganda go to war thinking it's an adventure. And war is anything but an adventure. The other big winner was The Banshees of Inisherin with four awards. Best Actor went to Austin Butler for Elvis, while Kate Blanchett won Best Actress for her part in Tar. And to sports where Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics was among stars, was the star among stars, rather. He scored 55 points, an NBA All-Star game record to help Team Giannis Antetokounmpo beat Team LeBron James 184 to 175 in the annual showcase in Salt Lake City. Tatum took the home, took home the game's MVP award, named after the late Kobe Bryant. It's extremely special for me. I was, uh, my first All-Star game was in Chicago um, in 2020 when they renamed the MVP after him. And uh, I remember telling myself that, that day that, you know, I got to get one of those before I get done. And, uh, you know, to, to be able to wear my signature shoe today and, and break the record and, uh, you know, take home this award of somebody that, you know, I idolized, uh, you know, it's a hell of a day. LeBron James left the All-Star game because of a right-hand contusion, but afterward he said he felt just fine. And uh, I tried to get one little chase down block and got my finger caught in the rim, uh, but I'll be fine. Though. I'll be fine. I don't think it's uh, too much to worry about, but uh, for precautionary reasons, just had to you know, just take the rest of the night off. Spain's John Rahm is back on top of men's golf after his victory in the Genesis Invitational at Pacific Palisades in Los Angeles. Rahm finished on 17 under par, two shots clear of the American Max Homa. I've won five out of my last nine starts, haven't finished wars on top seventh, and I've won three tournaments already. Uh, I don't need a ranking to tell me to validate anything, right? I've, you know, having the best season of my life, and hopefully I can keep it going. And just a reminder of our top story tonight, the hospital authority suspends work at 16 operating theaters over lighting unit safety concerns. That's the news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 It's twilight time Out of the mist your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple colored curtains mark the end of day I'll hear you, my dear, at twilight time And to one and all, a very good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are You're more than welcome to join into twilight time 45 minutes of music just to relax and kick back to songs from a bygone era. And if you'd like to choose one, it's Radio Pete at Gmail, the email address. With the first one for your entertainment tonight is Margaret Whiting. Together, 
Brought you 